escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. In the next 60 minutes here on News Night, just six hours after she was head crying for help with her dialysis treatment as part of our dialysis crisis series, Join News is learning 15-year-old Priscilla Sante has died. Details as the Ghana Kidney Association says it is taking steps to engage stakeholders on how to make dialysis accessible and affordable. We will also hear from the Archbishop of the Tamale Diocese who says the National Health Insurance Scheme has become a dilemma for people looking for help from a harsh healthcare system. The health insurance scheme has the system has over the years been characterized by delays in reimbursement of claims, corruption and ineffective governance. Also tonight, Attorney General takes on Professor Frimpong Boating, the former Environment Minister, over his name and shame epistle on key figures behind the illegal mining menace in the country. Clearly a failure on the part of the professor to even cooperate. He was invited a number of times to the police station. He said he was just relying on the allegations contained in his report. And the allegations themselves really did not constitute any evidence at all. Details, as the Attorney General says, the Minerals and Mining Amendment Act is now receiving full attention. Criminal trials proceed from day to day. Um, it's not applied, and that was of, of concern to me. So that's grateful to the court for these convictions and the position of the appropriate sentences um, sanctioned by the Minerals and Mining Act. We'll also hear from the Interior Minister who says at least 25 illegal miners have been slapped with 340-year jail terms in business. Oil marketing companies yet to adjust prices at the pumps for clear days of the deadline. I want to stay with us for uh, details here on Newsnight. We'll also take your views 055 11 This is the place to be here for everything National Science and Mass Quiz. Tonight, Ekrapema SHS aims for the grand finale of this year's competition after Russian schools they described as cubicles in the regional qualification. In this world, you aim for the sun. So if you are jumping for the sun, you don't get the sun coming down. At least you get the moon. And tonight, just six hours after she was head crying for help with her dialysis treatment as part of our dialysis crisis series, Johnny is just learning 15-year-old Priscilla Sante has died. Her story paints the picture of the agonizing choice families of patients make between witnessing their loved ones die 
and embarking on the desperate set for money to keep them on the dialysis machine. Richard Kodunyako spoke to Prisla some days ago before her death. In this report, Prisla pleaded for support to pay for her dialysis session, but even before the help could arrive, she's dead. The humming sound of medical equipment here at the renal units of the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital welcoming patients. It's a Tuesday morning and 15-year-old Priscilla Sante is being wheeled into the renal unit here. The doctors told me I have to be on the machine. And I have to be on that machine either twice or thrice a week. For now, she has to travel nearly 100 kilometers from Chifu Mampong with her mother to the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital every Tuesday and Thursday to have her dialysis session. We have become miserable. I am appealing to the government to help me live through this. Otherwise, I may die. Presla, a junior high school pupil, now carries a weight much heavier than her school bag. Her daily battle now is not with textbooks and homework, but with the relentless adversary, renal failure. I want the government to support me so I can live to fulfill my dream of becoming a nurse. The burden of her illness has not only taken a toll on her fragile body, but has shattered her world due to the family's precarious financial situation. They say every section is 350 cities. And this in addition to getting blood and other medication. Priceless mother, Ruth Fori, has been a pillar of strength for her daughter and is determined to ensure her only daughter lives. With teary eyes, she shares the story of her family's headache, struggling to cope with emotional and financial strain that comes with caring for her only daughter battling renal failure. From the doctors, if I keep on missing this section, I may lose my daughter. And I need the help of the government. Her voice quivers as she recounts the sleepless night and endless hospital visits, each one a reminder of their uphill climb. But Priscilla is not alone in this fight. Thomas Vincent Kahn has lived with kidney diseases for a decade. The people who came they could not survive just a week or even a month. So for me to survive it all these 10 years, it's, it's really been a tough one. For Thomas, the thought of heading to the dialysis machine is not just physically draining. It's also a haunting financial specter. The towering cost of dialysis looms over him like a relentless shadow casting doubt and despair. Thomas speaks of the silent tragedy he has witnessed over the years. A grim parade of a hundred busloads of people who have lost their lives to kidney failure because they lack the financial means 
to access dialysis treatments. Most of the time, it's not easy uh, always chasing people or asking people for help because it is very difficult to sustain. For instance, if somebody gives you a thousand to help, you can't go to the person every day or every now and then to ask for the same help. And this is a disease that you always have to be coming to the hospital. Without that funding, you can't come for dialysis. And here is a case that that is a a pay-as-you-go. So it means that if you don't have money, you can't come for dialysis. And like I mentioned, there are people who have died because they cannot have the money uh, to come for dialysis. And to tell you the truth, there are lots of the people we have lost, not because of the disease, but just the thought of uh, finding money to come to the hospital, that alone has killed them. If there was good, uh, there was any support for them, if they had the money, I'm sure they would have been here by now, and then perhaps be coming to dialysis just to sustain or manage the situation. But unfortunately, because there is no money to support them, we have lost all of them. Each one, a story of unfulfilled dreams and shattered hopes, adds to the weight of despair that Thomas carries. We wish that uh, we'll have a strong fund, funding to support our clients, those who are the vulnerable ones, some are unable to, to pay even for a session of dialysis. Chrissy Brown has worked in the renal unit of the Cape Coast Teaching Hospital for 20 years. Over the period, he's seen many families come to him, instructing him to take their relatives from the machine to go home and die, a situation that breaks his heart. You won't believe it. There are some who even come in, and they come in, tell you that now we can't, we don't have money to come anymore, and so please take off the catheter for us to go home. You know, because they can't, they, don't, they, they, they just don't know how to get the next, you know, um, right. the, idea the idea is to go home and die. You understand? It, it's sad, you know. But if we have a fund in place, then from that fund we can support. Sometimes people, transportation from their uh, places to this place itself is also a challenge, you know, in, in itself. Once the trans- transport fares are going up, it becomes uh, problematic for them. It's a story of Priscilla, Thomas, and countless others here who bear the heavy burden of kidney diseases. It's a stark reminder that the battle against renal failure is not only fought in hospitals and clinics, but in the hearts and homes of individuals and families who continue to grapple with its physical, emotional, and financial toll. Richard Kwejonyakon for Joy News. And Richard just uh, joined me in the studio. Uh, Richard, just before we came on, uh, you managed to get the mother. What yeah. has she been telling you? So, Evans, it's a heartbreaking moment for the entire family. In fact, just we, before we came on air, I got hold of the mother and I've been asking her a few questions uh, surrounding the death of Priscilla. In fact, she actually spoke in three. <laughs> No, no, sit down. Um, what did she really say was wrong with her? No, sit down. If I show her, I'm So the doctor said that the two kidneys were all not functioning. And the person said that the kidneys were all not functioning. Come on, you're starting with the 
Okay, so that is uh, Madam Ruth, um, the, the mother of uh, Presla Santi. In fact, she was explaining how the child died. In fact, she said that she started bloating. In fact, we actually conducted the interview on Friday, and then the daughter died Sunday dawn at 1 a.m. So all that the mother said was that she saw her uh, bloating by the minute, and then she actually gave up. In fact, she's been appealing to government to do something about it because she said that had the doctor survive, uh, survived, then it means that every week uh, she would have to look for thousand Ghana cities in order to enable the daughter stay on the dialysis machine and so that is an agent appeal the mother of Presla Sante is making to government and corporate Ghana. Thank you very much uh, Richard Koyonyako. I want to bring in Francis Ampon and Francis Ampon is the headmaster at the Mampon Catholic A Basic School where Presla was a pupil and he joins us on the telephone line right now. Uh, Francis this must be pretty difficult for yourself and the entire school. Oh, it's not easy, my friend. It's not easy. It was the last academic year. Uh, they were writing the third term exams, and we noticed that it was unusual changes in her body. So the chef coordinator in my school complained to me and I told him to take the child to the house so that the mother 
can take their child to hospital. And when he came back, he complained that the mother is saying he's not having money. So we went to see the the father and they took the child to the first government hospital. And later the child was the child was sent to Cape Coast Kitchen Hospital. And later we did a follow up to see her condition. And the condition too was not all that good. So during the vacation, sometimes we have to call and find out how she is feeling. So it was this Sunday, first October, in the evening that her mother called me that the child has died. And what and kind what kind of student was she, Priscilla? Oh, she was she was very good in academics. The subject that she liked very much is science and mathematics. So she was very good. And also, she also participated in sporting activities in the school. And she is friendly. She makes free with her colleagues all the time. She is punctual, respectful and very calm. Um, so it is a blow to Mamponkalik and the entire teachers. Indeed it is. And uh, sincere condolences to the family, uh, to friends, loved ones of Presla, who we now know uh, had passed uh, after we had featured her as part of our dialysis crisis series and this whole week we've been focusing on this particular subject one of the key things that has emerged is the call uh, on the government and also the national health insurance authority uh, to consider including uh, that as part of the uh, list of uh, conditions covered under the national health insurance authority and the national health insurance scheme in fact yesterday the uh, well health organization spoke to us and made that same appeal as well uh, today we've been hearing from the archbishop of the tamale archdiocese uh, philip name and it's called for a national dialogue on the state of the national health insurance scheme the saint lucy hospital a catholic hospital was started as a mobile health outreach by the Sisters of Mary Immaculate to some communities in the Tamale metropolis, but was later converted to a polyclinic in 2008 and recently attained the status of a primary hospital. Speaking at the 15th anniversary celebration, the Archbishop of the Tamale Archdiocese, Philip Name, said the NHIS has over the years been characterized with challenges including corruption. Worldwide concerns of late, among others, have been the National Health Insurance Scheme. For what was supposed to be a savior for Ghanaians, especially the less privileged, the health insurance scheme has rather become a dilemma for most Ghanaians looking for reprieve from harsh healthcare system. The system has over the years been characterized by delays in 
reinvestment of claims, corruption, and ineffective governance. This leads to high costs of providing quality health and critical staff leaving the shores of the country. These call for immediate stakeholders' engagement to address these emerging challenges. Maxwell Raba uh, is in the studio uh, with me because uh, tonight, Maxwell, the Ghana Kidney Association, uh, they have issued a statement and they're taking steps to mm. engage stakeholders on how to make dialysis accessible and affordable. Exactly, Evans. Um, the Ghana Kidney Association is the professional body responsible for promotion of kidney health through education on prevention and treatment of kidney disorders in the country. Um, they are saying that they've noticed with concern the issues with dialysis currently making the news. Um, the association is, they say the association is taking steps to engage the stakeholders to make dialysis accessible and affordable to the general population. They say the outcome of such engagement would be made known to the public. In the meantime, the association is entreating the general public to live healthy to protect their kidneys by adhering to treatment of risk factors like hypertension, diabetes, diabetes, and avoiding the abuse of painkillers and herbs. Um, the statement concludes by saying that early reporting to hospital for all patients who have been diagnosed with kidney disease can slow down disease progression. Evans. And that's very important. As part of this, uh, uh, this whole week's focus on dialysis is also a focus on what you can do to keep your kidneys exactly. healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And a few of the tips there uh, are very important to note. And tomorrow we'll have a bigger conversation yeah. on this um, from five. You want to join us uh, for that here on the Johnny's channel on, on television, of course, here on Joy 99.7 FM. And we want to focus on that bigger issue a bit more because that is the health-seeking habits of the Ghanaian and how gullible some people are uh, to patronize on tested and on approved medicine. The World Health Organization recommends persons 40 years and above, including myself, by the way, and they take medical checkup four times a year. But data from the Ghana Health Service says it is only done once a year or not at all for most Ghanaians. A pharmacist and research fellow with the Center for Democratic Development, Ghana, uh, Kwame Saponasiru, says the trend is worrying. So we collect data on the average number of times a Ghanaian would visit a clinician in a year. As of 2021, which is the latest data the uh, Ministry of Health has, uh, our patient per capita, which is the number of times on average the Ghanaian would visit a health practitioner, was mm. 1.13, which means the average Ghanaian seeks healthcare once a year. Wow. Once a year. Yeah. This, this is this is official government data. In the, I, ordinarily, it should be about four, which means you would seek um, healthcare once every quarter. Every we do not have a data, any data. That tells us how many people see quacks, um, priests, fetishes, and traditional. Medicine. We don't have any data. Mm. Yet, all you need to do is to go to any of our markets or to bus stops, and you see all these things being sold. So, I'd say there is a cultural dimension also to our health skin behavior, and there is a regulatory dimension to it as well. Well, nephrologist with the Confanochi Teaching Hospital, Dr. Elliot Tenkrain Tano, says more people are dying from patronizing unapproved and untested medicines. Where a young woman who actually was operating a shop, I mean, who was selling, and this gentleman passes by, of course, I mean, mentions all sort of conditions which definitely will include one of the conditions <laughs> this lady probably yeah. had. 
And, you know, she bought the medication, and in four hours, she was admitted to Kompanochi Teaching Hospital. Wow. We got involved because there was something in the blood, which when the labs came, it was so low that she had to she had so weak, and that was potassium. Hmm. When people get kidney disease, their potassium actually goes up because mm-hmm. the body cannot clear it from the body. Yeah. So I actually got intrigued that what did this gentleman sell to this patient for the potassium to drop that quickly in such a period of time. Hmm. But the key thing was that I asked her, do you know this gentleman? I said, Doc, I've never seen him before. Do you know where his shop is? I don't know where his shop is. If we want to locate him to find out what he gave to you, can we? He said no. And I was like, you were that trusting to put something in your mouth from somebody. You don't know the qualification. You don't know where he's coming from. You don't know where he stays. And indeed, when you even come to the hospital and we sometimes give you medications that are researched into, the ordinary Ghanaian will not even take it. (laughs) That is the irony of the situation. Our healthcare seeking behavior is so worrying. The fact that you can go about your activities does not mean you are healthy. I have seen a lot of people rushed into Confanochi, for instance, in their working gear. They were fine. They've always been fine. Hmm. Until we realized that that blood pressure is 240, 140. And he's developed a stroke. Or he's developed kidney disease and so on and so forth. Now you know a few of the things you need to do to keep your kidneys healthy. One of the most important things is medical health checks very very important and if you've crossed 40 you need to do this as you've had there the advice is do it four times a year um george Raffa is joining me shortly he'll tell me how many times has he done it already this year uh, but you out there also uh, whilst we focus on this dialysis subject and the crisis that we're currently facing with uh, the cost and accessibility across the country you also need to take steps uh, from everything you've heard from the uh, two experts on this matter uh, and keep your kidneys healthy you can join us for this conversation this is a big thought leadership event tomorrow the five to seven uh, as we explore this a bit more and many of you have joined us with your thoughts on this as well uh, from Selam says I now understand why most of our nurses are leaving the country indeed we are not serious as a country so can the government do anything about this dialysis issue rather than watch our brothers and sisters die while we claim we are building new hospitals as God have mercy on us and uh, this one uh, also sent us one on the subject it says because it doesn't affect them they don't care Evans so so sad rest in peace Priscilla shame on all of them it says God is watching why tax some vital medicines so so sad uh, Ghana when Edinam sent us that one still ahead here on Newsnight Attorney General takes on Professor Frimpong Boating the uh, former Environment Minister over his name and shame epistle on key figures behind the illegal mining menace clearly a failure on the part of the professor to even cooperate. He was invited a number of times to a police station. He said he was just relying on the allegations containing his report. And the allegations themselves really did not constitute any evidence at all. Details, as the Attorney General says, the Minerals and Mining Amendment Act is now receiving full attention. Criminal trials proceed from day to day. Um, it's not applied, and that was of, of concern to me. So that's grateful to the court for these convic- convictions and the position of the appropriate sentences um, sanctioned by the Minerals and Mining Act. And George Office here with business. And George, when was the last time you did a comprehensive health check? 
Well, I, if it's about kidney function tests, no, 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 no. Comprehensive no. will well, always well, include that. It's part of it. Yes, I've yes. done that. No, I'm talking times. about comprehensive. That's been this year about two times. I've done a kidney about, function test. About. I've done it's two is two is one is I've one. I've done prostate test and all the rest. And okay, yeah, I've done once. I've done once. Yeah, I mean, on the back and, of this, I'm, I'm I'm calling my I doctor. Mean, I mean, it, it hasn't be. It has. It has I'm to be the way when you when second. you when you cross a certain age. You yes. know, it, it's not a luxury. I mean, you you have to hmm. check all You're these right. things because the the argument is that the earlier these things are detected, you know, and as the doctor says, you know, oh, now you say she, now she ain't yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm calling my doctor um, right from here, mm-hmm. arrange to go and see him and have my second one mm. this year all of you do same as well what do you have in headlines well even uh, coming up in business we'll be telling you more on the fact that there has been uh, four clear days that the oil marketing companies were supposed to adjust prices but they haven't done that and finance minister ken ofreata promises to ensure election related expenditure does not derail ongoing economic recovery the business news on newsnight is brought to you by mtn business welcome to the new world of business kingdom books and stationery and the center's tanks and also pepsident charcoal and hairball imagine strutting into the most anticipated wedding of the year only to see seven other girls wearing your exact same outfit. Ah! You are special and one of a kind. And that's why whether it's voice, data or SMS, you get to enjoy personalized offers tailored to your specific needs with MTN Just For You. Dial star 141 hash or select your options on the My MTN app to redeem your unique Just For You package on Ghana's best mobile network. MTN. The Driver and Vehicle Licensing Authority, DVLA, in partnership with the Ministry of Transport, presents the International Driver and Vehicle Innovations Conference 2023 IDVIC. The IDVIC 2023 will bring together renowned experts from across the globe to discuss and explore the emerging trends, regulations and innovations in the road transport sector. The theme for this maiden conference is the future of road transport. This conference will take place on the 10th of October 2023 at Kampinski Hotel, Gold Coast City, Accra. Time, 8.30 a.m. The special guest of honor for this conference is His Excellency Dr. Mahamudu Baumia, the Vice President of Ghana. The keynote speakers for this conference include Dr. Mohammed Ibn Chambers, African Union High Representative, David Ofosudote, Senior Partner AB and David Africa, and other sector experts. For registration, please visit us on idvic.dvla.gov.gh. DVLA, your safety, our concern. needs. Syntex has it all. Syntex Tank was first to introduce double-layer tank and now you can have as many layers as you want. Syntex Tank was first to introduce white inner layer tanks in Ghana and now introduces the customer specs order which will let you order any color and size you want. Syntex Tanks gives you the biggest warranty of seven years which no other tank gives you. So whatever your water consumption, size of project or demand, choose Syntex Tank. 
Syntex Tank, stress-free. Syntex Tank, reliable. Syntex Tank, maximum guarantee. Call 0244-335-168. Kumasi 0505-555-666. Or visit SyntexDH.com. Syntex Tank, a strong, a tough. Flamingo Paint has superior properties than any other paint brand on the market? Listen, when you take one bucket of Flamingo Paint, it's equal to several buckets of any paint brand on the market. So, Flamingo has superior hiding properties, superior coverage, it means it covers, and superior durability. Flamingo Paint, superior hiding. Flamingo Paint, superior coverage. Flamingo Paint, superior durability. Flamingo Paint, simply superior. I'm afraid. As a doctor, part of my job is to ensure that you have the right information to stay healthy. Today, that means correcting myths around the COVID vaccine. One myth says that the COVID vaccine reduces the sex drive of men and women and affects fertility. The truth is, there is no evidence at all to suggest that it does this. The COVID vaccine is a safe and effective way of keeping you and your loved ones protected from the virus. The right information could save your life. We are stronger together. Protect yourself and those around you. Get vaccinated today. Forget the yab, get the job. This message is brought to you by the Ghana Health Service, FHI 360 and Good Life. Live it well. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, oil marketing companies are yet to adjust prices of the pumps four clear days after the deadline. Now, prices of the various petroleum products should have been reviewed last Monday. However, Joy Business Check shows that most of the major oil marketing firms haven't changed prices. Now, prices should have witnessed some marginal spike with diesel witnessing the biggest jump. But some of them have told Joy Business that they are still monitoring the market before they undertake any adjustments. It's not clear for now whether competition in the sector has influenced this move by most of the oil marketing companies. Let's still stay on the sector because most of the oil marketing companies are warning that product supply and jobs of local fuel transporters could be under invasion of these foreign nationals. Now, this follows the uh, news that Chinese nationals are now getting into the space to compete with indigenous. Now, Chief Executive of the Association of Oil Marketing Companies, Kwekwa Juandia, says the regulator of the industry must up its game to bring some sanity into the sector. Because this is when it lingers on. Obviously, what's going to happen is that we're going to lose our, our tanker drivers are going to lose their jobs. The tanker operators will not have their jobs in place. 
and we'll also be so much insecure in business with people we don't even know. Basically, we'll be out of business. There are a lot of the tanker drivers and the tanker owners. We'll be out of business. They have been sustaining this industry for so many years. And I haven't heard anywhere, and I don't know unless I'm corrected, countries where foreigners uh, hold their drone products. Remember, drone products are strategic issues. There's also security issues. You don't really allow anybody from anywhere to just be doing that job. Kwekwa Jamandia is the chief executive of the Association of Oil Marketing Companies, speaking about the invasion of the sector by some Chinese nationals when it comes to transportation of petroleum products on the local market. Now, Finance Minister Ken Ofriata has given the firm assurance that everything will be done to ensure that ongoing recovery is not affected by election-related expenses that is next year. There is more in the following report. The finance minister noted that even though expenditure will be contained to ensure that it's in line with the budget, other very important projects and initiatives will not be stored. He, for instance, noted that government's plan of providing economic freedom through human capital development would not be compromised. The finance minister disclosed this during a recent meeting at the UN General Assembly meeting on special development goals. There have been concerns that the recent gains will be derailed as we enter into the election year. But the finance minister is seeking to assure that this will not be the case in 2024. And that is a business dex report. Now, some analysts are casting doubts over proposals that increasing the pension age from the current 60 will help deal with threats of sustainability of the scheme. There are proposals that the sector players, by some sector players, planning to increase the pension age to deal with the sustainability concerns as well as the increased contribution. Abdullah Mashoud is the executive director of the African Center for Retirement Research and is one of those analysts that Joy Business has been engaged. The life expectancy in Ghana is 64.11 against the pensionable age of 60. This shows that the expected lifespan of a Ghanaian in retirement is just four years, a little over four years. This measurement, of course, is in agreement with the mortality experience of the SNES scheme. If you examine mortality data for the past 30 years, you will find that most Ghanaian pensioners die within three to five years after retirement. That is within the ages 63 to 65. And that simply means that increasing retirement age to 63 or 65 will only lead to people dying in service instead of on pension. And this has financial consequences. The effect of increasing the retirement age beyond 60 is that the scheme would pay even more in lump sum to survivors as opposed to pensions to life pension, life members. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans. Uh, George Raffi, uh, thank you very much. And we are all heading to the hospital for a checkup. <laughs> Very, very important. This is a, such a sad story about the it, 15 it is year old girl losing her life. It's a heartbreaking yeah. story. And uh, maybe time for corporate Ghana to step in while something is being done, I mean, in interim to try and deal with this problem. Maybe some philanthropist and all the rest should step in to help these persons. You know, it was just yesterday after we played her story that uh, I got a few calls yeah. from some philanthropists who wanted to assist her. Yeah, yeah. Just yesterday, uh, apparently, yeah, she, would, she was already gone. I mean, even there's this funny perception that some persons who have this challenge might be due to some lifestyle. But listen, 15-year-old girl, yeah. you know, that has nothing to do with a certain lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's a tragedy. Thank you very much, George. So live here on 
News Night is on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, tonight, Attorney General Godfrey Dami has been taking on the former chair of the government's Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, Professor Frimpong Boating, over his report that named key government officials that were allegedly neck deep in illegal mining operations across the country. In a leaked 36-page report sent to the presidency, the former Minister of Environment, Science, Technology and Innovation named government officials, including his own committee members, he claims frustrated his effort from addressing the canker. But Attorney General says they have been forced to conduct their own extensive investigations into the issue, as Professor Frimpon Mwating, he alleges, claimed to present evidence to back his report. Speaking with my colleague, Benis Abubedu Lansa, Godfrey Dami, said there wasn't much evidence even after many invitations to the former minister. Every date was fixed for filing of what we call closing submission. Closing submissions have been delivered and the court has fixed 12 October for judgment. There are allegations of some Ghanaian politicians, you know, sponsoring mining in certain areas. Is your office willing to engage, for example, these galamseers who have been um, prosecuted are you willing to offer them a plea bargain, for example, to investigate further the possibility of finding any local sponsors of this menace? Yes, we go through the process of trying to identify the real persons behind the Gamsey activities. <laughs> but I think that's also important to indicate that evidence is critical and key. <laughs> about some six, seven months ago, we heard about this Professor Frippon Barton's um, allegations contained a report that they had to pay. Indeed, investigations were conducted on the basis of that. And uh, very soon, our report on it will be ready, and I'm sure it will be um, released to the public to study. It will show clearly a failure on the part of the professor to even cooperate. He was invited a number of times to a police station. He said he was just relying on the allegations containing his report. And the allegations themselves really did not constitute any evidence at all. I think that is the record to show. So when our report on, on that matter comes out, it will clearly indicate to you how evidence is key to unraveling all the um, various allegations as well as the persons behind the Gramsci activities. Meanwhile, government says it is mindful of the long-term effects of illegal mining on the environment and is working to stop the menace. Listen to the Interior Minister, Ambrose Derry. As we gather here today, I call upon our traditional authorities to take a firm stance against illegal mining. Let us use the power and respect of our chiefs and institutions. Command to drive home the message that our environment is not for sale. And that the short-term gains of illegal mining cannot outweigh the long-term cost to our communities. Ambrose Derry is Interior Minister. You're still live your news night on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, the General Transport Petroleum and Chemical Workers Union is tonight joined calls for government to halt plans to lease the Tema Oil Refinery to Terenco Asset Management Group. Now, they said that a due diligence report finding and the persistent renaming of Terenco raised serious questions. Speaking at the news conference in Tema, the aggrieved worker said they will remain opposed to the deal because it does not ensure uh, that the country benefit together with the refinery. Sarah Duncan Williams is the chairperson of the Workers' Union. A company that 
has been changed his name for several times. What is it? What is it that they are not trying to come out with? First, it was DC Capital, Baybridge, then Torenko. Now, it's Tema Energy and Processing Limited. It's the same people. The directors has not changed on the deal of the table. If the president is interested, read the workers are not interested because there's something in that deal that will not. That you can read the due diligence. Uh, due diligence. The document is here, and now we have um, um, information to public that you can go anywhere and access information. You get it, so you guys can go and get their due diligence on Torenko. It speak for itself, not what we are saying. Well, the local chairman of the Professional and Managerial Staff Union, uh, Jojo Kumsing, says they want the board of tour dissolved. The crux of this issue has to do with our board. Our board is compromised. The board chairman, Mr. Adumako, Mr. Pintin, and Mrs. Apagrand, three people, they have taken hostage of the board. And they are micromanaging the board and management as well. Well, but reacting to these concerns, Chairman of the Senior Staff Association, Brida Dongo, dismissed the allegations as baseless speaking to us. Baseless allegations. If they have any evidence beyond all reasonable doubt, they should go to court. They should, they should put out there. You understand? So, if so they have evidence of any malfeasance or anything that is untoward, they should go to court. Okay, so they, they have raised a key issue with regards to the due diligence report on Torrentco, on which basis the management and board cannot proceed with the deal. Uh, don't you think these are legitimate concerns? Uh, everything that is, is being, are being done by the shareholders and the stakeholders, you understand? So all the, the stakeholders and the shareholders are going through a process, <laughs> you understand? So you have been to the shareholders, they, all of them have gone through, they have issued no objection. So what are you saying? I don't want to dignify certain things with an answer. You understand? So I, I think that these are business and wasting everybody's time. See, they, they thought Charity Trust Fund is a fund cre being created by the partner, not Tor. It is not Tor. It is a partner that is dashing 20% of his shares to create a trust fund for workers of all. That's all. You're still live on Newsnight on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, tonight, President Akufado says democracy in Africa is on the decline and not delivering the dividends expected by citizens. The West Africa sub-region has witnessed an increasing number of coup d'etats, the latest being in Niger, where ECOWAS is contemplating a military action. Speaking at the opening ceremony of the Commonwealth Parliamentary Conference here in Accra, President Akufado warned that if all uh, do not rise against the development, more of such coups will happen. Institutional changes in government in parts of Africa, especially in West Africa, through a series of coup d'etats and military interventions in governments, which testify to democratic regression. It is in the interest of democratic growth that this development is reserved, reversed as soon as possible. And in order so to do, that we give maximum support to ECOWAS, the regional body of West Africa, and the African Union, Africa's continental organization, in their efforts to restore democratic institutions in the affected nations of Mali, Burkina Faso, Guinea, Niger, and Gabon. The Commonwealth Parliamentary Association, indeed, the Commonwealth itself, 
should join ECOWAS and the African Union in demanding the immediate unconditional release from unjustifiable detention of the democratically elected president of the Republic of Niger, His Excellency Mohamed Bazoum. Democracy and the stability that generally accompanies democratic governance are essential for the future prosperity of the African continent. Ghana has remained steadfast in her commitment to upholding the values outlined in the Commonwealth Charter. But Speaker of Parliament, Aban Babwing, is of the view that some democratically elected leaders are themselves complicit in the creation of environment that encourages coup. This year, we celebrate 30 years of stable parliamentary democracy. Ours is a stable democracy in a sub-region that has in recent times developed a notoriety for reversing and backsliding on its democratic journey. Parliaments in the sub-region and in Africa in particular must try to understand the reasons for the loss of trust and confidence in the leadership of democratic processes and institutions that has characterized the recent spate of disruptions of constitutional order and constitutionalism in the continent. But it's important for us to note that these disruptions are always started by the civilian regimes themselves. They are those who go against the dictates of their own constitution and the mandate of the people and invite others to take over. We should be able to pick the signals, should there be any, and to steer our democracies away from such incidents in future. Well, before we move on to other stories, though, President Kufado has been reiterating his demand for reform of international institutions and demanded for reparation for slave trade. The reform of the institutions of global governance, particularly the United Nations and its Security Council, to make them more representative and reflective of contemporary realities. And secondly, the agreement of the European nations who sponsored the barbaric and inhuman transatlantic slave trade to the payment of compensation and reparations to the descendants of the victims of this horrific experience, especially as, especially as the slave owners, unlike the slaves, were compensated when the trade was abolished. And you're live here on Newsnight on Joy 99.7 FM. Let's return to our theme on health because the Ghana Health, uh, the World Health Organization, has expressed concerns about the preparedness of the health facilities in Ghana to combat pandemics and natural disasters. According to the country representative of the WHO, Dr. Francis Casolo, a harmonized health facility assessment conducted by the organization uh, reveals only 7% of facilities in Ghana have a written emergency response plan for outbreaks and only 2% have a written response plan for natural disasters. He therefore called for immediate attention and action to make health facilities ready for outbreaks. According to the uh, harmonized health facility assessment, only 7% of facilities have a written emergency response plan for outbreaks and 2% of the facilities have a written emergency response plan for natural disasters. Additionally, 
While most facilities had staff trained in infection prevention and control and are designated infection prevention control focal persons, only 28% of the facilities assessed had guidelines on IPC and 7% had guidelines for isolation. These statistics point to inherent gaps that make health facilities inadequately prepared to contain outbreaks of infectious diseases, thereby putting healthcare workers and health service users at risk. Infection prevention and control in health facilities continue to be a major gap that needs urgent attention and addressing. This is evident by a recent public health event where cases of Lassa fever were reported in one of our tertiary facilities leading to several hospital-acquired infections amongst health workers. There is therefore need for medical superintendents and other health workers to pay special attention to the institutionalization of the infection prevention and control in health facilities and, towards, and work towards engendering attitudinal change among health workers. And that's like the, uh, the Ghana Health Service uh, country rep there. A feeling West cannot explain it, but see my Kofinita there, my Eronko there, Kofi Fianku there. I knew they could do it because we're not meeting schools actually, we're meeting cubic hills. Yes, punch lines. I'm pretty sure you remember that voice from a student of a Kriapeman SHS after qualifying to the national stage of this year's NSMQ. I'm talking about the national signs and mass quiz. Well, the students say they are hoping to make their first appearance at the grand finale. My colleague Jacqueline Asama Yeboa caught up with the students of Kriapeman SHS. Uh, we'll get you that pretty shortly. In fact, Jacqueline himself will, will join us uh, for a conversation on, on this uh, very issue uh, pretty uh, pretty soon. And I'm pretty sure uh, many of you uh, are looking forward uh, to the NSMQ uh, that is currently happening. And uh, the schools have been competing uh, very strongly on, the, on, on many, many fronts. And if you are one of those with the school in the competition, why don't you send me your thoughts? is where you want to keep your dial for everything national science and mass quiz. And Jacqueline is joining us right now. Uh, Jackie, uh, yesterday when we spoke, the schools have arrived, everything was set. I can, I can guess that uh, the atmosphere is pretty charged. Looking ahead to the first competition. Yeah, Emma, so um, most of the schools are here right now. We have um, almost um, 100 schools that have arrived today. And we are expecting more schools to arrive hopefully tomorrow, but the atmosphere here is very um, subtle this evening, um, but most of them are just preparing for the contest ahead that starts on Friday. You know the thing about uh, National Science and Mass Quiz, when the schools gather that I look forward to, the jama, the cheering, etc. Have you seen any of those? 
Yeah, so no, not really, but um, it's very solemn here. And most of them are just coming in with their um, anthems. But hopefully by Friday, we'll see that the atmosphere is quite charged up um, before the contest begins. And yourself, you have a school in a competition? Hello, Jackie. Hi, Evan. You have a school in a competition yourself? No, not not really. Not, not mm, really. I, not what is not really. You either have a school in there or you don't. Personally, I'm I'm an old student um, of Yas and Girls, so I'm hoping that they still do this time around. Aye, so what is this about? Not really. I'm not sure. I mean, that that tells us a lot that uh, you don't expect anything from Yas and Girls, but I do. St. Thomas Aquinas this year, we are winning. Uh, there's a certain lady joining us in the studio right now, and of course, she went to the school. They pretend to be the best, uh, but uh, if you if if you want to mark them according to the National oh, Science that's and Math so Quiz, rich coming from uh, you, you to, if you want to mark them according to the National Science and Math Quiz, uh, they are nowhere to be found. They just they just oh. struggle and struggle, possibly get to a final, and they, and they always <laughs> fall off. Hello, Nimoa. Hi, Evans. That's How a are fact, you? right? That's a statement of I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I mean, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that we haven't been to the finals yet. Mm. But I mean, the whole world. Oh, I, you haven't even been to the final. No, we haven't. We've been to oh, the goodness. semi-final. By the way, just remind me, what school is that again? I went to Westy Girls. High oh, school. that's school. And yeah. You haven't been to the final. But you know what? There were a lot of false prophets before Jesus came. Preach on, sister. <laughs> so just relax for us. Eh? Oh. You know, when I was actually speaking, I had actually elevated your status a bit. I said, oh, you, you normally get to the no, I, final I, if I'm, and if then I'm you correct, fall off. No, we haven't been to the finals. It's the semifinals. Oh, and, and already the lynching has started. Uh, a few of your, you know, mates and um, what they call wege old girls. One says, please, please, please respect yourself. Oh, but but this one, this is, I'm just stating facts. Here. I mean, it's 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 mm, it's is what it's it factual, is. You know? we, we haven't mm. been to the final, but mm. we will at some point. It does not take away from the fact that mm. we are by far mm. the best girls' school mm. in Ghana. Maybe after the second coming of Christ. <laughs> uh, by the way, what happened to you guys last time? Um, we were in the competition. <laughs> yeah, you were in the we, competition. We participated. <laughs> Let's move on. And, uh, Let's move and, and, and on what happened Evans. to you too the last time? Oh, we did quite well um, the last time. And, well. and what happened? We went further than you. That's but, all that but, matters what, in the that context. For, does that count for anything? It does in the context it, of this conversation. It, do, it, it does. doesn't, absolutely it not. Does, you either does. win or you don't. Evans, you are eating into my oh, time. Sorry, uh, what are you talking about on this? So, you know, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Oh, of course, I do. So usually we have conversations with the survivors. But this month we're having conversations with the survivors and their spouses. Because you know sickness mm. really impacts the family. Mm. Um, so we want to know how they navigate it, how their marriages remained intact. Mm. You know sickness is top five when it comes to causes of divorce and all over the world. The truth is to survive breast cancer, you have to bear a certain level of deformity. Yeah. Um, and that then, of course, may take a toll on. Of course, I mean on, even on the, the relationship, process, on the relationship, the chemotherapy, the exactly. radiation. I mean, I'm sure that you don't have much of a sex life. Yeah. Um, you're not really emotionally yeah, present. You're I, fighting for yeah. your life, and that must have mm. some toll mm. on. That 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 whole thing you just said it makes me pretty emotional. It, it, it makes you emotional. Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's it's tough. Way. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Com- this is this is this is not your usual strong and sassy. No, but it's I, I, not. I want to listen to it's it. It's not. Yeah, but we like to keep it real. So thank you so much, Evan. Evans, off you go.